Welcome to another edition of the War Room. It is pre-Super Bowl edition. Uh, super excited about that. Chiefs back in the Super Bowl. Taylor Swift hopefully is going to be there. Anybody who who's hating Taylor Swift, get over yourself. I'm Sean Fry, the host of the War Room here on KOKC. Uh, got a great guest for you this week. It is Abby Farabi, head coach of the St. Mary's Colgan Panthers girls basketball team, sitting at. I should know your record off the top of my head. I think it's. 14 and 0, am I correct? You're close. 16 to 0. 16 and 0. Okay. See, I'm behind I, I'm behind and she's going to hate me the rest of the way for it. So, uh Abby, thanks so much for coming in. How are we doing today? Yeah, thanks for having me. I always enjoy coming over here. Doing good. Um looking forward to the Super Bowl as well. But I, I have to admit I'm really not a Swifty. I'm, <laughs> I'm like the not, rare. I'm not either, but I'm getting there. Oh uh, yeah, I know. I mean, you can't help but watch, but yeah, I'm just a rare breed, I think. The Jason Kelsey uh, shirtless at the uh, during the Buffalo game was an all timer for me. I would agree that was pretty classic. They came out with like this. Uh, they're called Funko figures or whatever. They ca- they came out with like a one where it it's. Jason Kelsey holding a beer, they're doing it as like a charity for uh, some uh, children's hospital in Buffalo, and I ordered mine one of those, and I was upset because they were like, oh, we're taking pre-orders. I was like, all right, let me order, and then it said, estimated shipping, July. <laughs> that sounds about right, <laughs> yep. Bad about that. It's okay, though. It's for a good cause. It is. So, uh, Abby, great to have you here. It's only right to start talking about, how, you know, you guys have been... Uh, one of the best, if not the best team uh, in the in the Southeast Kansas region, regardless of class, uh, for several years now. Uh, you guys haven't lost a regular season game in about 60, 70 tries. Uh, what, what has you guys playing so well this year? How would you kind of gauge, you know, you're 16 games into the year. We're in the home stretch now. What what has you at 16 and 0 not, and not 15 and 1 or 14 and 2? You know, it's it's really crazy to think about. Um, when I let myself think about it, the success that the kids have had, sometimes it's hard to put it in perspective because, you know, you try to take it a game at a time. But when I look back, like, it's senior night next week, so I was starting to, you know, get stuff ready, and I, I got a little teary-eyed because— Have your seniors ever lost a regular season game? Yes. When Lily Brown was a freshman, um, you remember, she hit that game winner to send us to the state championship, but we lost three games that year. But since then, we haven't lost a regular season game. So I guess that was the start of Mm -hmm. our run. But it's just, I think it's a culture. I think the kids are really bought in. They know who I am. I mean, I'm a lot. Everybody knows that. I'm intense. Um, No. I know. I know. Crazy to hear it. (laughs) But they know coming in, like, expectations. So Mm -hmm. if they want to buy in, great. If not, then, you know, there's no hard feelings if kids don't play. But I think they, you know, like to be challenged and I challenge them a lot, and um, it's just a, a really, really great group of kids, and we do have a lot of fun. We laugh a lot. They clown me a lot, actually, um, but it's just, I think if, you know, you can show them that you care about them, they'll give you a lot back in return, and that's what I'm getting, and, you know, um, our league isn't quite as strong as it's been the last couple of years, but they still have to find a way to win games. You know, you can let games slide by, but they treat every game, you know, the same. They just show up they do everything that i ask and if they don't they'll work on it and so i just think it's just you know the buy-in the culture and them mm-hmm. just having fun you talk about your league not necessarily being as great as it has been years past you had a league team push you uh pretty hard over uh, you know fairly recently about a week or two ago gerard played you to what four points what was the final margin it was actually two it's 48 two. to 46 i mean that was a uh you don't want uh, you know first things first uh, Herlocker and Gerard, they they have been a solid, great program 
uh, for as long as I've been here. They have never been bad in the 10 years that I've been, that I've been here. Uh, and they have a state title in that stretch. So it's not just that they've not been bad. They've been really, really good. Um, and some of the years that I've been here, you know, they've had some great players go through there. Uh, whether it was Kaylee Augustine, you've got, uh, I'm trying to remember, Ashley, Ashley Ray, Ray. Yeah. Uh, the big post player that they had. Sydney they had, Crane. Sydney Crane, the His guard. daughter, yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, and on that coaching staff now, not only is Herlocker there, you've got Tristan Gegg there, who's serving as an assistant coach. Uh, all-time Lebec County great. All-time SEK League great. Only player in league history, boys or girls, uh, to reach 2,000 points. Uh, you know, had a great career at Pitt State. Spent all five years there. Uh, and then gets, you know, they, they have a great... They have a great culture when it comes to basketball there. So there's no, uh, it's no secret that Gerard is always going to be tough competition for anybody that you play. Uh, you asked Pat, your buddy, Pat Shivey, who is best win against this year. It might be that season opening win at Gerard. Uh, but that was a game that you guys, you know, won by two. And, you know, first off, I always thought, I, I kind of have a feeling that the, the best teams win when they play badly or don't play as great as they need to. They still find a way to win. So, I mean, you, you can only sweat about it too much, but you know, you and I were talking after that game and it was, you, you sent me a clip of, you had a girl shooting a three when you guys are sitting up three with 10 seconds left. It, 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 to a degree, it's almost like your players weren't used to that. I'm curious how much, you know, how you've you've had a, a little bit to digest that game now. How have, what are some of the conclusions you've drawn from it? Yeah, I finally started sleeping at night after that one. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It was the best thing that happened to us. I mean, I knew Brad. Brad's a great coach. He does a great job. And if there's anybody that was going to try to um, take away our strengths, it would be him. And they did, you know, they held Lily, who's averaging close to 25 a game to three points. They are point guard who's averaging close to 16 a game um, to two points. But the rest of the kids scored in double figures. And I think mm -hmm. that's what I was most proud of was once they figured it out that they could they can all score. And, you know, if you have five kids on the court that can score, it's really tough to beat. Mm -hmm. I was actually more disappointed in our defense because we gave up 46 points, and I think we were averaging around 26, 28. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you score 48 points, you should be able to win a basketball game pretty easy. So I think that's the biggest takeaway I had is where our breakdowns were on the defensive end. And we learned a lot about ourselves. You know, um, we missed, I think, 10 free throws in the fourth quarter. But they were pressure um, free throws. Mm -hmm. My point guard, she's a sophomore. She started every game for me her freshman year. The only close game that she's played in in her career was when we got third place at state last year. And uh, the game that we lost to go, she fouled out of the beginning of the fourth. So she's literally just never been in. So, you know, after the game, I was like, why the heck did you shoot that? And she just looked at me. She's like, I don't know. I was, I was like, open. <laughs> yeah, she was. And that was the first time she'd been open all night. And I was like, well, you know, and then like the next four practices – all we did was work on situationals. Mm -hmm. You know, we worked on different things. So part of it's on me. Actually, a lot of it's on me for not having the kids prepared, you know, for that triangle. Um, and so I lost, you know, a little bit of sleep for a couple of nights. And I went back to work. And I, I think now, you know, no matter what teams throw at us, we're ready. If they want to mm -hmm. throw out junk, if you know. And I think every kid that goes on the court is confident on the offensive end. So it's kind of like he did us a favor because we still won. And we got exposed. So it's like, here, you you know, you can score, you can score, you can score. We can even score if they don't score. So it was like, it was, you know, we got exposed for sure, but it was a good thing for us. You Tell me about working on situationals and practice those next few days. What, you know, how you kind of, uh, 
what you what would you literally do with them? How did you run them through game? You know, end of game situations <laughs> with with clock management, score management, stuff like that. Well, I walked into practice on Monday, and they were all their jerseys were tucked in. They were all counting like they were supposed to all year. They haven't done it all year. They were really scared on what was going to happen, you know. And I just laughed, and I just said, you know what? It was you know good for all of us. They got a little bit of a butt ripping. Um, you know, pointing out things that we can do better. And then we just, you know, put time on the clock. We put in some new um, sets for the triangle. Mm -hmm. um, and then we just, actually on Thursday. Because you know somebody's going to get their hands on that Gerard film and, oh, yeah. and watch it. He as actually, they should. Yeah, for sure. He actually texted me and I asked him to send it to me because I didn't have it on our huddle. And he said he was making like $25 for a subscription. <laughs> you know, joking around. But it's, it's going to be that goal, you know, if we make it to the postseason. But, you know, like I think Columbus tried a little bit of it and it just... The more we see it, the more we're going to be better for it. Mm -hmm. And we, for like 45 minutes, I put a minute on the clock. And they had to work on situations, take care of the basketball. And, you know, mm -hmm. on Friday, they're like, Coach, we're kind of tired. I'm like, sorry, you know. like <laughs> You're going to be tired in yeah. the fourth quarter when. <laughs> yeah. And that's the tough thing, too, is, you know, these kids have only played three games all season without a running clock. So it's like, mm -hmm. you know, in that situation. But like I said, it was really good for them. And I think, you know, I also take for granted how special it is, like, it gets. I'm sure it gets old for the fans. I'm sure it gets old for the opponents, to you know, for the scores. But these kids put in the work to be as successful as they are. And I know next year it's going to be a lot different. And mm -hmm. you know, this, I may never have anything like what I've had the last four years. But um, it is really, really special. Uh, it certainly is special to watch what you guys have done. Uh, I'm curious how you. Uh, from your perspective, how you manage uh, and think back on on your scheduling. Obviously, you know, the, the, the old adage is, you know, you want to be able to play tough teams. The way to state is, though, you lose one or two games at two-way, you might get the six seed at the state tournament. Yeah. I mean, because right now you, there's three undefeated teams in Class 2A, so it's going to be some tiebreaker you know, criteria that gives whoever the one or whoever the two or whoever the three. And, uh, you know, there's just not much margin for error. At the same time, though, if I think you're being honest with yourself, and I'm sure you will be, you, 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 of the 20 regular season games, you're tested to any degree in what, five? Like, yeah, I'm yeah. curious how you kind of, you know, weigh those, weigh that variable, so to speak. Well, and it's tough because we play the double round robin in the league. So yeah, so games. A, over half your schedule yeah, is and you set no matter mid -season what. Mid-season tournament, so you get to pick five games. And to be completely honest, there's not a lot of schools that are lined up to play us. Um, yeah. You know, we can go to Missouri and play some big schools, but even then, if they lose to us, it doesn't look good for them. So, yeah. um, but we are, I, I know I think we picked up um, Independence next year. I think Lamar, we're going to get a different, we're trying to change things up, but it's just hard. Like, uh, actually, this is the first season in my seniors' careers that they've had a full schedule. They've either yeah. played in 18 or 19 games. So it's just, I don't, I don't know though if it's worth playing. I don't know, but, um, you know, you can't pick or choose your opponents. And mm -hmm. I'm, I do try to make practices harder than games a lot. And yeah. I think the kids would attest to that. They always give me a hard time about how intense it is and stuff. But you know what? They, they like it. But, you know, I wish we could play a tougher schedule. But wishing is what's the point like you can't yeah. control it so i just try to prepare the kids i mean if i was if i was the head coach of a girls basketball team this year i'm not playing colgan yeah <laughs> i know no well, thanks hey, it'll change they'll all be knocking on our door my daughter tells me in six years that i probably want to retire because she just doesn't think she's going to be very good so um in six years 
coaches can get the nod to come play us. Mm-hmm. You'll be fine. Uh, you got so four games left on your year. This is your first time getting a full schedule in the, in this classes. It, was any of that due to just a, weather, a game that got canceled to snow that you didn't make up? No, no. Like just, that's odd. I, it's. I mean, I think I've had. This is my thirteenth season, and I think I've had probably six full schedules. Wow. It's. Just, it really is just hard to find games. It sounds mm-hmm. silly, but um, it is. And you don't want to play. You know, the league schools three times. You're already playing them twice, mm-hmm. and a lot of the local schools don't want to play. Which I understand. I get it. Yeah. Um, I try not to complain too much. So I'm just glad we had <laughs> twenty <much>. games. <laughs> yes. Just a little. <laughs> well, hey, let's go to a quick break. Uh, but when we come back, uh, we'll, we'll talk more. Uh, we'll talk more shop here on the War Room. Abby Farabi, the St. Mary's Colgan girls basketball coach, the guest. I'm your host, Sean Fry, here on the War Room on KLKC Radio. Don't go anywhere. We're back here on the War Room on KLKC Radio. I'm your host, Sean Fry. Abby Farabi, St. Mary's Colgan girls basketball coach, joining us in studio this week. Abby, I have got. I wanted to get your perspective on something that I saw happen on Friday night. I'm watching uh, Labette County play Independence. Two very competitive games, by the way, on the boys and the girls side. Boys come Labette County boys come back from a 15 point second half deficit, win that game. They were down like 10 going into start the fourth quarter. Uh, Labette County girls played really well throughout most of the game. They had one stretch in the third quarter where they let an eight-point lead slip away and Indy briefly took a one-point lead uh but then Labette County took it right back and and pushed the lead back up uh both games were within single digits but the the story of the night for me was uh and obviously the tech itself is not something you would deal with with any sort of frequency in the girls or women's game nationwide but technical foul during a boys game for hanging on the rim after a dunk and uh a fan ends up Charging toward, you know, upset with the call, ends up charging towards the court from the stands. Uh, and, you know, applause, applause, applause to the Labette County administrators. They saw it and headed him off and intercepted him before he got to the court uh, to charge a ref over the call. That was, it was a legitimately scary moment. You've been coaching for 13 years. We know how fans can be. We know it's problematic. We know it's what fuels the referee shortage. Uh, I, I'm curious what you, you know, how you have navigated and observed that over 13 years. Are, what, do, does any behavior stand out to you in your 13 years? Any incidents that stand out? Does it, you know, how have you kind of, how do you coach kids to say, hey, you know, there's going to be people yelling at you. you you've got to tune it out. Yeah, no, that's that's really wild. I mean, I you have to give a lot of credit to referees, and especially when they referee for me, because I'm intense, too. I have calmed down. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah, I have calmed down, but I know they, they weren't lined up to do, you know, Colgan girls basketball in the beginning. And even as a parent, it's hard, like, because I know the game. And going to watch fifth grade girls basketball, like, I get caught up. But I would never... You know, I might question a call or ask a question, and I do have a little bit of a toot. I know that. Um, but, I mean, no. it's just... I know. I know, shocker. But it's like these guys are doing it, and these girls are doing it, and it was like it's a legit rule. Like, it's not like a a, yeah. a call that he made that he didn't agree with. Like, you can't hang on the rim. Yeah. Like, that's just a rule. So, mm-hmm. that number one, that's just a rule. You have to call technical. Just like taunting. Like, there's certain things, certain degrees. Like, it's an automatic technical. So, yeah. I just don't understand. We have really good fans. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't had to deal with a lot. I know sometimes they get caught up in the moment or whatever. But And 
Um, my, my players know better than to get a technical as well because mm-hmm. they'll have to deal with me. <laughs> and that's scary enough. But I think it's just, I don't know what, I don't know why it has gotten to the degree it is. You know, even with like the Barstool accounts and stuff like that. Like, why don't we just go play? Like, that's yeah. my thing is like, just go play. Like, you may not agree with every call. And don't get me wrong that, you know, against Gerard, I didn't agree with a couple of travel calls and it had me a little frustrated in, but mm-hmm. you know what? You can't change it. Yeah. So you learn how to deal with it. Um, and we're not teaching our kids, you know, how to handle adversity. Like, you're going to come out and attack an official because they made the right call. And I wonder if the it's the parents the parents doing it now or the fans doing it now were the for maybe the first generation that weren't taught how to handle that stuff. And listen. And, and they're the ones having kids now. And let's be completely honest with each other here. These parents that are doing it, how many of them played sports? To a high... Anything beyond high school? Probably none. Yeah. That's, yeah. It, I don't know a single college parent. I don't know a single former college athlete that behaves like that. No, 100%. And I don't know any good high school athletes that behave like yeah, that. And like, that. And that's a problem, too. Like, you think you know all this, but you haven't even been through, like, you haven't even been through it. So yeah. I don't agree with it at all. You know what? There's some things that I do that I don't agree with on my own, but all we can do is <laughs> learn from it. But, I mean, I just... I would be charging the yeah. court is a, is a new is a different threshold. But there, like, I mean, you know, there was one game. Gosh, actually, Marcy Van Beesler was a senior. We were playing at home. It was the first round of sub state. What year would have this been? They all run together. <laughs> it was six years ago. No, we didn't host it. We ended up going somewhere. But she was a senior, so I think it was six or seven years ago. Um, they called a foul. She was getting ready to shoot free throws. Marcy Van Beesler. That's actually Marcy Heffern. Now she married our men's coach. But they, she, this girl checks out, and um, she walks around our bench. She walks up to the stands, grabs a kid, and said, you don't talk about my mom like that, and smacked him across the face. This was a player on the opposing team. So I guess— Went into the stands into to the confront stands. a fan. Had to go yeah. up there. Yeah, and I— Full, full malice in the palace, yeah. Ron Artest stuff. And, and I, <laughs> like, I didn't know whether to look or not look, but it was just—it it was crazy. And I, I told my kids, I was like, if you ever did that, you wouldn't even be back— you would, never, you would never be a part of this again. And they would never do that. Like, they know yeah. better, but it's just like, I don't know. I don't know if it's just— what kids are into these days, you know, the accountability, just everything. And I'll say this, I don't see many athletes in this area at that age, and not just this area, I, I really across the country. I don't see them getting into these types of confrontations with the frequency that I see fans no, do it. No, I would so agree. Yeah, I, I mean, think- there's out there, I mean, yes, if you want to find a video somewhere of an athlete, you know, punching a ref or something down. like that or, or, or doing something like that, yeah, you'll find it. But if you want to go find a parent confront a ref, you'll be able to do that in person if you just go to a few games. Yeah, and like I said, I'm guilty of running my mouth some too, but like I was at my son's third grade tournament about mm-hmm. three weeks ago and two moms got kicked out because they were cussing at the refs. And I was mm-hmm. just like, man... Like, I, I know you don't necessarily maybe directly deal with it, but does the athletic director, does your AD ever ever be and moan a little bit about the shortage, about trying to find officials? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mm-hmm. mean, we've had a couple of games where we didn't have any, and they had a big talk with our um, fans before the season about being, you know, good sports and just, you know, things like that, and they really, really emphasized it, and they've done a great job. Like, I, mm-hmm. I think we have a great fan base um, as far as, good sports um, mm-hmm. but I you know there's one voice that I can hear when I coach and it's my sister's and that's the only <laughs> voice I hear I don't hear anything else good for I, Cassie yeah I know but it, it's crazy like I really don't I don't hear anything else I don't 
you know, and I try to tell the kids that, like, if I see them looking in the crowd or anything, they come and sit by me. Like, she just, ever been tossed at front and neck from a game? I don't think she has. That, that is shocking to me. I know. Neither one of us have, actually. Um, you, you told, I asked you pre-show how many texts have you, have you gotten. You said it's three. It's three, yeah. That's not bad. That's not bad. No. Like... Uh, we, I don't know about warnings, but... <laughs> <laughs> How many games are there in a year? <laughs> yeah, times two. No, I'm just kidding. No, I don't think she has ever... I'm trying to remember. She was pretty feisty her first few years. Um... Cassie Rooms, for listeners who don't know, Cassie Rooms. It's, I, I always forget how to say her name. Yeah, right. Okay, yep. Cassie Rooms, uh, the head softball coach at Frontenac. Multiple state titles? Yes, Does she she's have got multiple, three, three yep. state titles yep. under her belt. You guys grew up as sisters together. I can only imagine how what kind of hell your parents had to deal <laughs> with. <laughs> I know, I know. I actually have a lot of guilt now, but um, yeah, even now we're still a lot. You know, we're supposed to be adults, but supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was building Legos at like two in the morning, so <laughs> yeah, we don't true. need to be adults. We're no, fine. We don't. No, as long as we're teaching the kids and. Um, mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. The, the one thing I will add, too, is I, I just... So, when that happened at Labette County on Friday night, the first thing I will say is that is not unique to Labette County. That is... that w- That's going to happen anywhere. So, uh, you know, I'm not picking on Labette County. But the second thing is, is that I think back to a column I wrote when... Uh, do you remember when they came out in the winter of 2020? So, so like we had just gotten through that first year of COVID, and they they barred fans from games. Keisha did, uh, and, then, uh, yes. and then it got overturned like two or three weeks later. Yes. But for about two weeks, we didn't have fans at games. Best two weeks I had. Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, because a lot of times the atmosphere was still kind of you know live a little bit because they would like like the band they said the band can be there and stuff like that so there were still opportunities for there to be a good atmosphere for for the players and the athletes involved and everybody but the i wrote a column because right when the ruling came out i had three different interactions with people that stood out to me one was uh Anthony Houck, who was, I was watching one of his practices and he sat there and he was, and he tells his kid, I forget exactly what he was going over, but he, he's, he's getting after his team and he goes, why are you taking that shot? Your mom's not going to be in the stands yelling, shoot it. (laughs) (laughs) And then another interaction I had was with uh, Brianna Vollmer at Labette County. And she goes, to be honest, there's going to, there, we have girls on our team that are that will feel a little happier without their without certain fans, whether it's their parents or, or their aunts or whoever, without them sitting there berating them right after the game ends because they didn't have twenty or something like that. Uh, and then I had a player reach out to me. There was a high school senior girl reached out to me, and I love when I get these on Twitter or Facebook, or whatever. She had a question about the ruling, about about some caveat of it, and I answered her. And I was, and I love when I get those questions. I was like, I need to put that in my report because I'm sure other people have that same exact question. Sure. But then she replied to me, and she was like, Well, that's great. I actually get to enjoy my senior season now. That's sad. Yeah, I know. That's I- a, and I got so numb to it. And I wrote a column about all of this. I was like, if this is the reaction you're getting from coaches and players to that, 
that has to be a reflection on Paris. And that was the column I wrote. But I shared that with my dad, and he was like, that's one of the saddest things I've ever heard. A kid doesn't want their parents there to watch them play. That's I, I'm curious how we regain a bit of that perspective you for know, some I, of those. I know it's hard because I think my daughter would probably say the same thing because I'm hard on her. <laughs> I don't think so. I know. No, I, but you know, um, it, it is hard. I think we have these expectations of our kids that are just unrealistic mm-hmm. overall. I'm not talking about my parents. I, I'm telling you, we have a great fan base. Like, mm-hmm. um, it, and, you know, we've had a lot of success, so there's not a whole lot you can really talk about but i think we do have great um great fans but i just think as a society like these expectations of kids are just not realistic like i know my daughter's Mm -hmm. not going to be a division one basketball player she'll be lucky to maybe you know play some high school ball she's not going to be very tall she's gonna have to be really you know smart understand the game and um i don't have blinders on but i think the majority of parents and like we're doing all these traveling like we're playing 80 90 a thousand games. The infrastructure, that's part of the infrastructure that has changed yeah. that has fueled some of this but mindset. But you're not even is, teaching them basketball. Like, we're, yeah. you know, I, my daughter plays sixth grade traveling and they're playing zone. Like, they're playing traps and stuff. Like, listen, that's great. You can win these tournaments and stuff, but what are you teaching the kids? Like, you're, you're a better athlete. You're taller than her. Yeah. That doesn't mean, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm a real big, big stickler on fundamentals. Even, you know, jump stops in high school, playing <laughs> off to a girl on our team on Friday. She shot a floater and she said, Coach, I'm so glad I made that because I know if, I would have missed it. You would have been yelling at me, play off two, play off two, you know? <laughs> so um, I just think like, you know, the, the demands, the demands, the demands, but are we really teaching the kids how to be better players and the expectations? Like you still yeah. have to make it fun. And that's something, you know, that I've had to realize as a parent, you know, yeah. and a fan too. Credit to, and you bring up the last, you brought up something that makes me think of, I was talking to the Chanute boys coach after they beat Parsons about a, a little over a week ago now. And they had a week off between, they, they played on a Friday night and then they had a, they didn't have to play the Tuesday. So their next game was this past Friday night against Iola. And I asked Coach Crouch, hey, you know, okay, you know, the, you get a week off. This is about the last time you'll get maybe an extended period off before the end of the regular season. You know, what do you do? Uh, what's something you address? And he goes, we're just gonna we're gonna take a few days and just kind of have a little fun in practice. Like we'll, we'll we'll get to Iola on Wednesday. Let's spend Monday and Tuesday and enjoy it. Let, let's give the players off Saturday and Sunday and then enjoy ourselves Monday and Tuesday. And I I, I think if you can, and the more you can inject that, the the, the more the healthier everybody's gonna be. Yeah, and I don't want to give you like false hope on like we've never taken a day off but i'll give them 10 minutes off if they take a charge no (laughs) um no but we do different things like after the gerard game on monday we only practiced for an hour and we went and lifted and watched film you know uh, we do you know all just sorts of different things they were all at, well a lot of them were at my daughter's my youngest daughter's basketball game be on Saturday. Fun if it's done right yeah like, and and you know we'll do like next week let's see we play tuesday friday this week and then we don't play till next friday so we'll do mm-hmm. a couple of things but i think for girls too they get out of shape faster than boys mm-hmm. so i'm real big on being in shape so we'll still yeah. practice or do something but um and i I don't know, but yeah, it, it, it you you have to find a balance because you have to find a way to keep the kids motivated because it's a long season. It is, and if you yeah. just roll out the basketballs for two hours every day, hour and a half, like well, we go two and a half hours, two hours. So I don't again, I don't want to be a liar, but um, I think you just have to find ways. Different drills, you know. We did a lot of shooting. We had a couple of days where we could, mm-hmm. um, and we because that's always been a 
been tough for us shooting the basketball. We don't shoot mm-hmm. real well from the perimeter, but I would say this is probably my best shooting team that I've ever had consistently. So, um, and they come up with different drills and they'll just tell me like, cause mm-hmm. I don't think that's working. Like coach, we don't really like that drill. Coach, we do too much of this. Coach, we do the same yeah. thing too much. I'm just like, dang, I guess I don't know what I'm talking about. But that, <laughs> but there's there's value to that. It I is. mean, yeah. You know. So then I go back to the drawing board. I find mm-hmm. new drills, and that you know they like change. But I, I'm, yeah, I, I'm not that old. <laughs> God forbid. Yeah, I'm one of those people. I'm getting yeah. set in my ways. Too. Yeah, it is. And when you get in a routine, and if it's worked, like you've you've had success and it's like but they're right like they're they're right and when kitchen so, pass closed on saturdays and that's where i would always go on saturdays for dinner you have no <laughs> idea how much that, that just, just throws you off oh my god yeah. I've, I've never quite fully recovered from that. <laughs> that's funny. well that's like me changing practice like it takes yeah. a lot but i'll do it i'll do it well abby thank you so much for coming on i i you need to come on more frequently i need to drag you out of pittsburgh and get you on the show more frequently because i i enjoy talking with you i think uh you know, I always enjoy. I know you always like to play Cherry Bell and Parsons in the summer. At times, I enjoy watching those games. Uh, and I, you know, so good luck to you guys. Uh, think the big question: How are we doing? And what's the postseason looking like? We think you, we think in state title this year. I mean, we always well, We're always we don't always. It. The last four years, you know, I, I was actually talking to Kelsey about that. Um, Kelsey Overacker. Yeah, at Cherryville. You know, we were talking about getting to the state tournament, and I said, it feels so good, but then it's like I've gotten greedy because we've got second place, we got bounced the first round, then we got third place last year, so it's like the expectations have changed for our program. It's a good thing, mm-hmm. but um, I think that, yeah, I think that's the ultimate goal is a state title. But again, like last year we, we had an 18-point lead, I'm sure everybody remembers, and we lost. Um, we had an 18-point lead going into the fourth quarter. It still makes me sick to think about, but the kids bounced back the very next day in one third place. Um, Tougher than you think to bounce back and game. win that game. I, I mean, yeah. they had to pick me up mm-hmm. because um, I was going through a lot with my dad and all that, but I just I kept it together, and then I finally just lost, and they're like, Coach, we got you. But they lost one game. They were 24-1. Like, that's a really good season. And so I think— It's the best year a lot of people would ever have. Yeah, and they, they had never won a state <laughs> game uh, up until four years ago in the whole history of the school. So they've done a lot of good things, but I just— I hope they can realize that even if they don't win a state title, that— they have changed the culture at Colgan and that people aren't just thinking about boy sports now. They're really mm-hmm. respecting, you know, girls basketball. So I don't want to put too much pressure on like if they don't win that, you know, white banner, then gosh, they're, they're losers because they're not, they're winners. And yeah. Um, so yeah, that's our goal. But if not, you know, we've, we've had a really great season. Good deal. That'll do it for the war room. Abby Farabi, thank you for coming on. I'm your host, Sean Fry. Everybody stay safe and God bless.